I'm Major Robinson. Leslie Messer. Mike Halligan. Joel Rosette. Mary Stranahan. Senator Dwayne Ackney. I'm from Colstrip, Montana. In, in Helena, Montana. Box Elder, Montana. Rocky Boys Indian Reservation. Sydney, Montana. From Arlie, Montana. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening to Listen First. You are listening to the podcast Listen First Montana. Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. This is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. In this episode of Listen First Montana, we will hear from a group of class members from our class of 2023, this year's graduating class. I'm recording this episode in a building on campus at Montana State University in Northern in Haver, uh, just before we're having a reception. So you might hear some background noise of laughter and jovialness, which is awesome for us to hear. There's also a water feature behind me so you might hear a little of that background noise too. I'm excited to share with you these voices and these stories of what this Leadership Montana journey has meant for these class members over the last eight months as they have journeyed across Montana together. My name is Kelly Durbin Williams from Missoula, Montana. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Chantel. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. How was your day today? Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) How was your day today? It was a mind-expanding day. I had never been to Haver or Rocky Boy, and it was amazing. Tell me more. Well, I mean, you go into a smaller community, and I think, you honestly, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what I'm going to see. And so far, we saw innovation um, like for example, we're at the at Northern MSU Northern, and the innovation and uh, it's amazing. I mean, we're sitting in I don't what, I don't know what building we're in. We're in the Diesel Building. Yes, and to hear him talk about setting standards of excellence that people all over the country are seeking in their students is it's amazing. And then to go to Rocky Boy and listen to them talk about the things they're doing to reinvigorate their community and. Um, collaboration was a big word that came up mm. today. That's an important word for leadership Montana too, right? It really is. Part of our mission statement. Yeah. Knowledge, collaboration, civility. That's how we build a better Montana, we believe. And I, I think that's happening. That's what we experienced today. Experiential learning. That's right. <laughs> Which is what leadership Montana is all about. You got so, it. So tell me a little bit about your leadership Montana journey. How did you come to apply to be a part of this program? 17 years ago, I did Leadership Missoula, and it was such a cool experience because I'm originally from Kansas, and I knew that that would be a way to come to understand the community that I was living in. And at that moment, I I enjoyed that so much, and I knew that Leadership Montana existed. Um, And there was a tiny part of me that uh, was almost intimidated because 
the people that, I mean, because I did, I went on the website and I saw the alumni and there was a little piece of me that fell out of my league. Um, so it took me a little while and I know that sounds silly, but it took me a minute to build up the confidence to apply. And But I wanted to know Montana the same way I had come to know Missoula. And um, yeah, so that was it, but it took me 17 years. <laughs> but oh well, here I am. Well, I'm glad you finally made it. Yeah. Tell me some of your favorite memories of your year in Leadership Montana. So this is the class of 2023. We're in our last session, our seventh session in Haver. We're walking into graduation here in about a month. I'm curious if you have some highlights that you would share. Uh, well, kind of what I started with was I haven't met a community in Montana I didn't love. And I think I even put that in my ending paper, you know, that everywhere you went, it was unique and special. And, and there were industries and things happening in those communities that were because of geographically where they were. Um, and yet, it still felt like Montana. Mm, I love that. I love that. Did you have a, a favorite community? This one's been pretty awesome. Really? Oh, good. <laughs> have you never been to Haver before? I've never, never been, been to, to Rocky Boy. Never okay. been to Rocky Boy. Yeah, um, that in, uh, you know, Bozeman was was pretty cool. We were there at a really cool time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot happening in Bozeman. So, and so that this community and that community, I enjoyed both of them, but for entirely different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but Bozeman definitely felt a buzz. Granted, it was, it was Grizz Cat or Cat Grizz, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I say cat Chris. Yeah, I know. It was also uh, UP, uh, ESPN, ESPN was there, and that was really cool. That and then, awesome. and then I've just really enjoyed the exposure to the Native American cultures and communities. And so we toured that building. I also enjoyed how they had refurbished the gymnasium into a brand new. They repurposed it, and yet we're able to maintain the history, which is expensive but amazing. Um, so I, I had never I had never been onto campus. I had been there for gymnastics meets. I, I coached gymnastics, and I had been into the gym for gymnastics meets. But that was it. That was my experience of Bozeman. And so to to go around the community and that was cool. But and then to finish with this, to finish, um, it, it's it's all beautiful. How do you see yourself continuing to engage with Leadership Montana? Do you have ideas? I do. Okay, tell me. <laughs> but they're similar to a lot of other people. I, I've been in Montana now for 23 years, and I've owned my business for 22. And that grew me a ton, of course. Um, and I have such an appreciation for Montana. I'm, again, being from Kansas, <laughs> I mean, I love Kansas. I think you, not everybody, but I, you always appreciate where you're from. Um, but, but in contrast to have grown up in the plains, uh, in a city surrounded by concrete, um, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those people that I didn't know a whole lot about environment. I didn't know a whole, about, whole lot about connecting with our planet because I grew up in a city. That was just how I grew up in a suburb of Kansas City. Um, and then to move to Montana and to see, I think the more you are, the more you come into contact with nature, the more you come to realize, oh my goodness, we have to protect this. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, for me personally, um, how will I use this gracious space? I mean, we are definitely going to put that to work with my leadership team. I've learned a lot. Um, I, I will say one of my big takeaway on this particular week was that I don't always do a good job of creating the right setting um, because I tend to just, we got to have this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And that has 
not having the right setting has probably set me up for failure more often than I care to talk about. Mm. But now that I understand that, having learned the curriculum, and now I'll be working to train my staff in it, uh, and we have good people, mm-hmm. but good people in the wrong setting, not following some common ground rules can be hard on each other. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Gracious so. Space has a way to just really kind of create this common language, mm-hmm. this common way of working together, this common way of being together. So I'm glad yeah. to see that you're going to take that through. Yeah. And then, and then who knows? I mean, this gives me the courage and the, the, the going to Helena visiting the Capitol, I've always had a little something inside of me that wants to try to lead more and be a public servant. Um, I did it once before. I was on the Consolidated City Planning Board in Missoula a decade ago. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I am at a place, I think, in my business that if I can give them these tools Mm -hmm. and then set them free, I can be lifted out to go try some other other things. Great. Running for public office by chance? I did make it my statement, so I should probably say that out loud. <laughs> I did say I would in that in 2024 I will run for a house seat. Wonderful. See how it goes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anything else you want to say on your way out? Thank you to to you to your team, to the founders of the program, to the people that had the vision. Um, it's a bummer that <laughs> we probably need it now more than ever, mm-hmm. um, but thank goodness that it's well established. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, I, I will for sure do my part to support whoever continues and how they continue because it's essential. And I've watched our class evolve yeah. and connect. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Kelly. This is Greg Doyan from Great Falls, Montana. Hi, Greg. How are you today? I'm um, excellent. Thank well, you. Welcome to the podcast. It's kind of fun to visit with you. It's fun to visit with you. I'm excited. <laughs> so tell me about your Leadership Montana journey. You, wow. you've, you're someone that's been in our classroom as a guest speaker every time we visit Great Falls. Of course, as the city manager, you are first on our list to bring in to tell us all the great things about Great Falls. We've been trying to get you into this program for years and years and years. <laughs> Why did you finally say yes? It was timing, and it was the right time, and I, I've wanted to participate in Leadership Montana for a while, and uh, it just didn't really fit with the, with the calendar, but it did this go around, and I'm so thankful for that. I remember talking to graduates, and uh, I, as I've shared with others, they would always talk about Leadership Montana with a little bit of a gleam in their eye and a little bit of a knowing smile. And now I think I know exactly where they were coming from when they were reflecting upon their experience as ours is coming to a close mm-hmm. here. Pretty remarkable, hard to put into words, lots of you know, emotions um, about the experience, um, all good. Um, lots of learning, lots of self-reflection, um, lots of really uh, taking, uh, having opportunities and moments to reflect upon what you bring to your organization, how that impacts it, how we could impact the state in a more robust way uh, and uh, really kind of challenging you to the core. And that's been really cool. Uh, Truly, uh, of all the programs that I've ever been involved with, this has been probably the most transformational for me. Wow, that's, that's impressive to hear coming from you. Thank you for that. Tell me, have you had like a, a favorite community or a place that you visited that you haven't been to before that was really eye-opening for you? The part that I love, one of the parts about Leadership Montana that I love is the opportunity to explore 
communities that you haven't been into and those that you have been into, but you didn't really know a lot about what was happening in them. And so, you know, I've been to Haver, but I haven't been to this campus before. I've never had been to Miles City. And so it was kind of neat to learn more about that community and what makes them tick. And uh, there's always a takeaway from those communities. Um, number one, I think you kind of see that Montana has a lot to offer. There's uh, a lot of variety uh, across the state. People are proud to be in Montana, but they also, uh, the neat thing is, is that they're proud about their communities. And uh, you hear directly from uh, leaders and uh, folks that are active uh, in these uh, cities and towns, and they want to share their story with you. And so you hear things that you normally would not get um, by driving through or stopping by unless maybe you had a relative or family that lived there. Um, and I, I really, when I say I, I don't really have a favorite place, I mean, I, I really liked them all, loved them all in kind of a, a, their own way, whether, I mean, who, do, who doesn't like Big Sky to start off with? Um, and maybe Miles City hasn't come to somebody's mind before, but there was a charm about that community too that kind of sticks with me and this kind of, you know, rugged independence with their uh, community college that they have there and the pride over the fucking Bronco thing that they do, you Bucking know, the, horse, that's yeah. the yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, in every community, there was a, a, a little pearl, a little gem to kind of take away to really kind of make you appreciate what the state has to offer and all the cool and awesome people that make Montana the state that it is. Mm -hmm. What surprised you about this, this program and this process? The impact. Um, you know, again, it's kind of hard to uh, put it into words, but it's, I, I think Leadership Montana has actually kind of reset the way that I think or approach conversations with people at a very fundamental level in a way that I didn't expect. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think if you've done anything professionally or been a supervisor or a manager or a leader in an organization, you hear the need to listen actively uh, to folks and how to engage uh, your coworkers or the public that you serve. But, you know, this goes <laughs> way beyond this kind of mindset of active listening. Um, it kind of resets your intent to learn and be curious about the conversation that you're having. And, and the thing that I really appreciated about the gracious space process and kind of learning more about that was really about understanding that it's okay not to agree um, on core issues, mm -hmm. but understanding the process to potentially get to agreement involves this, you know, gracious space process of, of listening with intent um, and not the intent to judge the situation, but to learn. And, and I think if you, and I intend to continue to do this, when you approach those difficult conversations with that intent, more often than not, you will find common ground. And in that, now, you may disagree on, uh, you know, on something at a very basic level, but if you can come to agreement on something, that allows you to collaborate and come together on whatever the issue is that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And we just don't see that enough today. It's not exercised enough. It's either, you know, it's this way or the highway. Uh, I'm right, you're wrong. There's uh, no willingness to learn uh, where somebody's coming from or why they have a, a particular... Um, position and as I've learned going through the class you know when you have your eight minutes of sharing mm -hmm. I mean you 
people have gone through incredible things that you would have you would have never gotten that, and uh, and I think that that exercise um, teaches you um, to listen and not to uh, predispose yourself to a person just because of maybe what you see or a small interaction that you've had, but they're really opening themselves up in a way, and that's a translatable skill, you know, in our professional environment mm -hmm. uh, to keep in mind when you're dealing with somebody that you think you know what they're all about right. and you don't because you practice your cur curiosity you listen with an intent to um, learn about what's happening and uh, I again I, I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways that I'll have leaving here is I thought I was a good listener before but I really wasn't <laughs> and uh, and I know that I have a lot to practice to become better, uh, but I'm motivated to do that because I see uh, the benefit to the state. Wow, thank you. Hello, I'm Lori St. Aubin from Butte, Montana. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. How was your day in Haver today? It was excellent. It was um, enlightening. This is a fantastic campus. I'm just amazed at, mm -hmm. at what's here and the partnerships that were put together to, to make this happen. And Northwestern Energy, I believe, has been a big part of the partnerships on yes, campus here, Yes, we right? are one of the sponsors, yes. Yeah, that's great. So we're, we're in the, the Diesel Building, which is a beautiful building, it is. right? You wouldn't imagine that this was a, a, a shop where people come to learn how to fix large farm equipment. What, what surprises you about being in this room? Um, I think it's just the, the technology, but how welcoming it is. You know, he talked about the intentional design of the building, and you think about new students and, you know, um, exploring the different technologies and the majors, but I think, you know, even like my children, you know, I think if they came here and, and saw it, I think they would be surprised too, because it's not your typical environment for right. a learning. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your Leadership Montana journey. Um, my Leadership Montana journey has been, um, th the words really can't describe it. Um, you know, I've had a lot of things since I started um, my journey happen with my life that yeah. were life-changing. And I don't know if I could have navigated through those events mm -hmm. um, if I hadn't had the, the, the relationships um, the training, gracious space, mm -hmm. you know, you not only apply it in your work, but it, it applies so much in your personal life. Yeah, you, you did have a pretty rough go this year personally, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you were surrounded by so much love and care. You had a significant loss in your family, and I just watched our class members really embrace you in love and kindness from the get-go yeah, right yeah and not only in class but outside of class yeah. I had a lot of people that reached out you know when I went home or yeah. weeks later and said how you doing so it, it the relationships are invaluable and I think that's something that often surprises people about this program and this organization that it yeah of course on its face it's a professional development program right but it at its core it's so much more than that, Absolutely. right? It's this opportunity to connect with new people, and especially as adults, that's often hard for us because we don't necessarily have those avenues to make new friendships and new connections. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. How do you intend to stay involved as an alum? 
Um, you know, I'm definitely interested in the master's class. Um, you know, I, a lot of the things that I've learned, um, I've already applied to, to my profession at Northwestern Energy, and there's a lot more that we can do. Great. Well, thank you, Lori. Thank you. This is Christiana Nyquist from Missoula, Montana. Hi, Christiana. Welcome Hi, to the podcast. Chantel. Wow, this is exciting. I'm so happy to have you here. Okay, there's so much that's awesome about today and why I definitely wanted to get you on the mic on the podcast is we are at MSU Northern in Haver, and this is where you changed your whole trajectory of your career to become a nurse. Right. Yeah. So first of all, welcome home yeah. to your, your home of Haver. Yeah. Partial home for some time. What is it like being back here on campus? Oh my gosh, wow. I am overwhelmed with this incredible, beautiful flood. Just a beautiful flood of um, incredible memories. Happy, sad, um, scared, thrilled. And it was funny, I grew up in Helena and I was intimidated to come to Haver. I uh, didn't know what to expect. I had never not lived in the mountains and I, not only grew such a love, respect, and appreciation for um, MSU Northern, but for the community of Haver, which I really didn't see coming in my life. Um, and I am really ashamed to admit that this is 2023. I graduated in 2014, and it is a fine shame that I haven't been back. Um, I have so enormously appreciated the last couple of days um, wrapping up our class here and it's been interesting to see the changes Haver has gone through since I left here in 2014. This is such a resilient community and to see some things really blossom. I've seen um, some new restaurants here. There is a vibrant energy in this community it's springtime on the High Line, um, and it's um, it's really exciting to be back. Haver's pretty cool, right? And and I always find these little gems when I visit, and I'm here a lot. Um, and it seems like every time I am here, I find something new—a new restaurant, a mm-hmm. new little boutique shop. It's and and the the um, the art gal- the art mm-hmm. alley that has been a big project of the community lately. Just trying to really create this beautiful mural space downtown. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to add to that as a uh, lifelong Montana skier. Mm-hmm. Um, Haver has some pretty rad skiing. So if anybody's listening hasn't made the trip to see Bear Paw Ski Hill and the dedicated humans out of this community um, in that really incredible, beautiful space um, south of Haver, it, um, I'm, just to add to that, um, this is a really rich community that offers a lot of the best of Montana. Yeah, sure does. So tell me a little bit about your Leadership Montana journey. Mm-hmm. Has there been a favorite community that we visited? We visited Anaconda for the first time ever, yeah. and that's a place where you also call home. Yeah. So I'm curious if you had uh, a place you haven't ever visited before or a place that you've spent time but maybe saw something new. Oh, there is so much. Um, you know, as I look back on this last year, it feels like this raging river of beautiful memories, sparkly memories of um, across Montana that I 
I've lived in Montana my whole life and I have not gotten to see some of the secret gems that you just alluded to. I haven't had those opportunities. And not only have I had those opportunities to see some of these places um, in Montana, I have gotten to really dig in. And there's so many small slash big moments, you know, going to the art museum in Miles City and hearing about the art director who came out of Johns Hopkins to Ekalaka to Miles City because of her love of dinosaurs. And seeing the Cheyenne Reservation was really powerful experience for a multitude of reasons. I hadn't been to Billings in, in, in ages and ages. So I got to see Montana through a new lens that I am really appreciative for that um, revisit of some old places in new, mm-hmm. n- new lenses. Why did you say yes to being a part of Leadership Montana this year? Mm. I didn't know that I needed this, and it's funny, I uh, have a lot of friends and colleagues, more friends that have kind of um, come out of this program, and people try to explain Leadership Montana, but until you are in it, you don't know. Um, I'm a nurse. I, I don't know if I necessarily consider myself a leader, but I am passionate about Montana, and I'm still fumbling through that journey for myself and this has sort of helped open my eyes to Montanans from different professions and different walks and I will carry that with me in my professional career um, to kind of understand people better from a different perspective so I am not done with Leadership Montana. Um, I am looking down the road at uh, other opportunities to further my deep love and affection for this state that we love so much. So what would you say to someone who was, you know, thinking about applying for this program or have heard about it and maybe was recommended to be a part of it, but maybe didn't think of themselves as a quote-unquote leader. Like you said, you don't necessarily consider yourself a leader. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone with that same mindset why they should be a part of this? Right. I think if you have a curiosity about Montana, there is no other opportunity like this to really dig in to the places and spaces and faces. And there's no other opportunity, there's no other structure, there's no other entity that exists that allows you the opportunity to get to see the bottom of the pit in Butte, um, or the mine, I guess. Um, um, I would be happy to be a resource to anybody that is feels in that position too, to talk through the opportunities that exist to experience Montana in a new way. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Deep gratitude, friend. Thank you to this organization um, that has allowed this really incredible opportunity for me. I feel really blessed um, from the friendships. I feel really blessed from um, the experiences. I am changed. Um, I am better. I am more engaged. I don't know how I could love this state more, but I do. Thank you, Leadership Montana. Thank you, Christiana. This is Kim Hayworth from Billings, Montana. Hi, Kim. Hi, Chantal. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Tell me about your day. 
Oh man, today. Um, so this is the day that we get to hear community, be a part of community conversations. And that is always a highlight because um, I've been impressed by the leaders that I've been meeting from across Montana. Um, you think that you come to small towns like let's say Miles City or Haver Anaconda and you know, you think, who am I going to meet here? And you're, I've been impressed to the city with the different leaders that we've been exposed to through Leadership Montana, people that are passionate about their um, fields and represent their cities so well. Um, I'll see a lot of common threads of the challenges and opportunities for the state. But um, yeah, that's, that's a highlight for me for sure. But uh, we also visited uh, Rocky Boy, um, the reservation and met leaders there. Again, really impressive people, just a variety of issues that they're concerned about and um, working to solve the, meet the challenges of their um, reservation and do it creatively and honor um, history. Just very impressed with that. And then now we're at Montana State University Northern mm -hmm. and what an impressive campus and leadership team that they have here too. So tell me a little bit about your Leadership Montana journey. Has there been a community that you visited that really stood out to you? Wow. Um, I have asked myself that. I, I would have to say probably Anaconda and Butte because I think before I went to those communities, I had a little bit of experience in Butte and so kind of had this idea of what Butte was like. But then when you um, look under the proverbial hood and you see uh, meet the people and understand the industries and the leaders that are there and the history of the city, um, you just have a whole new appreciation and uh, Anaconda is a cool town and I could totally see why it's growing and why it needs to grow and Butte the same the same way a whole new appreciation for them but I, I would say those probably stand out but every every place that we visited stands out for different reasons Anaconda's got something special. It does. It really does. <laughs> I loved that trip too. Mm -hmm. And Butte is always a favorite for me. I, is I love that community. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that Anaconda was probably the most surprising mm -hmm. because I knew the least about it. And it's this tiny little burg. And what, what, what is it about? Mm -hmm. um, is it just a bedroom community? But it really, it really isn't just so a bedroom. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. This is Travis Yuzik from Billings, Montana. Travis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. I want to start with just tell me why you said yes to Leadership Montana. Do you want the, the real yes to Leadership Montana? Yeah. Okay. So uh, at first, I was really hesitant. I, I was uh, our insurance agent who was an alumni said, dude, you need this you need to be a part of this. This is, this is what you need. Um, I looked it up online, kind of thought, man, this doesn't look like my scene or my crowd, but I really trust him and, and uh, I respect him. So I uh, filled out the application, sent it in, uh, not really knowing what to expect, um, but man, what an awesome, what an awesome suggestion he made. And I'm really glad that I followed through. Thank you, Doug Jensen. Yes. Thank you, Doug. 
What has surprised you about being in, in this, this program, this class, this cohort? Um, man, there's what you know. There's what you know you don't know. And then there's this really huge, ginormous, infinite space of what you don't know and you don't even know you don't know it. <laughs> and uh, I'm really starting to see that you've got to stay curious, ask lots of questions. You know, two ears, one mouth, be listening. And man, everybody has a, has a valid perspective. And you're, you, how long have you been in Montana? Uh, nine years now. Okay, so a while. Yeah. Have, has there been a community that we visited that was maybe new to you or a place you'd visited but maybe hadn't spent a lot of time that was surprising to you? Uh, yes, to all those. Um, I have kind of been in a bubble, really work-focused, really kind of focused on business and growing the business and sustaining. So even though I'm from Billings, I learned a lot about Billings mm -hmm. when I was there with you guys. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy the small towns. It's funny, today in Haver, one of the guys made a joke about it's a place where you stop to top off your fuel tank. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the places we've been, that's exactly what it was for me. Man, I've been missing out. There's a ton of great people. There's great things to do, great things to see. The history is just amazing. So it's really changed my perspective on every single stop, every town, every... Mm -hmm. Everywhere we go, it's going to be get curious and ask some questions to the locals. There's so much to love about Montana. Absolutely. And I think that's what I've certainly enjoyed in my time in this organization and in this role is getting to see all these great things to love about Montana. How do you think you'll stay involved as an alum? Well, um, I can tell you with my class and the facilitators, if they ever need anything, all they'll have to do is just send me a text or ask the answer is unconditionally yes whatever you need i'll be there so hopefully with my class and the, and the facilitators we can stay in touch and and uh, i'm really looking forward to helping them out in any way i can um eventually the master's class um the indigenous classes i really i'm fascinated with that side of it uh i hope that they can keep growing and offering more classes for people like myself that are curious and, and want to see more of montana and learn more um but in whatever way i can I'd, love to be a part of it. So what would you say to someone who, like you, was recommended for Leadership Montana, looked at the website and was like, yeah, I don't know about this? Uh, yeah, you, trust the people around you that recommend things that are good for you, because they're probably not going to lead you in the wrong direction. The website's great, don't get me wrong, but it, it, it's, it, it doesn't come anywhere close to describing the actual experience, so go for it. You have to kind of be in it to know it. Yeah, and I think, to be quite honest, I think it's now that I'm a part of it, the website's great because it doesn't give you a, it doesn't sell you anything that it can't deliver, for sure. Ex expectations will be exceeded. Mm, thank you for that. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I want to thank you and the other facilitators. You guys bring the magic to every event. It's awesome. Thank you for that. This is Robin Kelson from Whitefish, Montana. Hi, Robin. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. Thank you, Chantel. Happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here. I want to start with getting curious with you about your Leadership Montana journey. Why did you say yes to being a part of Leadership Montana? So I said yes to Leadership Montana because um, I work for Alternative Energy Resource Organization, also known as Arrow, and we do work in community food systems. And I really want to drive community food system engagement across the state through a series of parallel programs. And in order to do that, I realized I needed to learn more about the different communities in the state and 
get to know people in different communities if we were going to devise a, a system that would work. Mm-hmm. So I thought Leadership Montana would be a great way to start that process. And has it been? It's been amazing. You know, I had no idea really what I was thinking other than this would put me in different towns. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's opened my mind up in ways I hadn't anticipated. I'm thinking about the program very differently than I ever did. I'm extraordinarily struck by the uh, intelligence and thoughtfulness and care and passion of people in all different sized communities and the level of resources they have and can engage with if they want to put their focus on local food. Mm. So it's just, it's, it's the, the shifting in my thinking has been really one of the most profound pieces of the, the learning, as well as an opportunity to meet some incredible people around the state. Yeah, this, and, and in your class, too. This yes. is an incredible group of people. Yes, I've made incredible connections. Um, very thoughtful people who are committed to their industry, their businesses, their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a lovely, lovely experience. Mm. How do you think you'll stay involved as an alum? Well, I'm already working with a number of uh, members of our cohort to engage in different ways. You know, my lens is food system, local food systems, so that's the way I kind of reach out. But there are lots of opportunities. Uh, We have resources that I think can be helpful for the indigenous communities that we've engaged with. And one of my favorite ones is uh, an opportunity possibly to... Uh, connect with Dave Strohmeyer's work with passenger rail system mm-hmm. because that could actually be a way to support distributing food across the state and it would bring a different demographic to the conversation for both of us which I think would enhance both our efforts yeah. so I love that and uh, p- one of the other things is the in the coalition programming mm-hmm. uh, one of the groups is working on culture mm-hmm. and we have a lot of resources to support uh, Communities use doing uh, uh, using food events as a way to build uh, culture within the community, and so that'll be a, could be a lot of fun. Oh, I love all of that. Tell me about the communities that we visited. Was was there one that really kind of stood out for you, or a favorite, or something that really surprised you? The three that come to mind are Miles City, Anaconda, and Lame Deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lame Deer, I am struck by. The challenges that they deal with at a level that I don't ha- have never experienced myself, and even with those levels of challenges and the history that they've dealt with, there is an enthusiasm and a commitment to possibility and change that's inspiring, mm-hmm. and it has made me realize truly nothing is impossible, mm-hmm. and if you just have a commitment to change, you can make anything happen. So that's really been profound for me. And mm-hmm. that's similar to Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Is these, this is a community that's been through a tremendous amount. And there are lots of reasons why many people have written off that community. And yet the members of that community have a commitment to their future that is inspiring mm-hmm. and demonstrates anything truly is possible and how resilient we are. And to the part of Leadership Montana that is dedicated to uh, gracious space and building connections and bridges communities like that and intentions like that demonstrate that anything is possible and we are n- we are absolutely not nowhere near as 
uh, different as mm-hmm. the stories in our heads or the stories in the paper or whatever. There's so much hope in what you're saying right now that nothing is impossible. Yeah. And I think we need more hope in the world right now. Yeah. And, and that's a, a something that I've been very proud of with this program is that we do have an opportunity to really provide that sense of hope and that sense of we are not as different as we think we are. Is that what you felt in this yes. program? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, in this conversation, I'm realizing, so my experience of that hope is in hyper-local mm-hmm. examples. Mm. You know, communities actually are where that hope lives and where that hope can be bred and, and you know, that fire can be uh, enhanced. So, th- and I do know that from my own experience, change is hyper-local. Mm. And if we can just allow give it space i think that's where change at the larger level that we all wish to have happen could happen if if people are willing to invest in their local communities Mm -hmm. and not uh, get distracted maybe by the bigger stories yeah yeah thank you yeah thank you this is matt mandel from helena montana hi matt welcome to the podcast thanks chantelle how was your day? It was great. I really enjoyed uh, Rocky Boy. That was my favorite. What'd you do there? Uh, we got to hear from uh, some leaders in the community and uh, take a tour of their new gym and um, had some really great barbecue. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. And barbecue for dinner tonight, and too, right? Barbecue for dinner, awesome. yes. <laughs> All right, tell me a little bit about your Leadership Montana journey. I think I know that, you know, you represent a, well, I know that you represent a company that is very important to Leadership Montana, Montana State Fund, Mm -hmm. and Montana State Fund always has someone in our program, and your wife went through our program last year, so I think you had this recruitment effort coming to you (laughs) both ways. Is that true? Very much so. I've known, I knew exactly what I was getting myself into when I started the program, and I was really excited about that. Um, but yes, um, my boss, Julie, uh, Jenkinson, she's been very involved with leadership Montana for years. And so she had been talking to me for a long time about getting involved. Then I was actually going to apply last year and my wife had the opportunity to do it. And we decided that would be weird. And also we have two young girls, so we couldn't go the same year. So she applied and she got in and was in the class of 22 and this year I got to participate. So, um, yeah, I, a lot of my classmates this year have asked me what to expect from different things and I've been able to give them a little bit of a flavor of what I thought they could expect. Like karaoke nights. Uh, Karaoke, lots of, lots of bad karaoke. Lots of bad karaoke. (laughs) I'm curious what, well, let me, let me back up. So I also live in a household with two spouses of Leadership Montana graduates. So I know my experience and in, in how we bring Leadership Montana mm-hmm. skills and experiences into our conversations. I'm curious about your experience with, with Allie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess I would say that we could always do better than we do. It, it seems like it's a lot easier to take the lessons and separate yourself from the emotion of the moment when you're in a work environment and use these uh, skills a little bit more consciously. And sometimes in, at home, you're with somebody that knows all the buttons to push mm-hmm. and uh, you know all the buttons to push back. So it has been really helpful for us, having both gone through it, to step back a little bit and say, if I was at work, how would I 
address this conversation. And um, I think it's been super valuable. In fact, in some of the uh, some of the lessons, I have a hard time picturing myself using it in a work setting at times. And I just I switch it over and say, how could I use this at home? And uh, I think that's where I've been able to really tap into some of those deeper conversations. Has there been a community that we visited that has been particularly exciting for you or a standout or a favorite? Yeah, pretty clearly for me, Anaconda was my favorite. And I think it was just the community still kind of had that old feel to it, but there had been so much new that's come in. And you could really see the small town, old mining town mentality kind of mixed with, you know, money that's come in from different areas. You've got the Georgetown Lake there. You've got the golf courses, um, the ski hill. And I just thought it was a really cool community. How do you think you'll stay involved as an alum? Yeah, um, there's lots of opportunities to stay involved. And, you know, I think that I'd really like to stay involved in something uh, to to help the next generation out. Um, I have like I said, two girls, 11 and 7, and one of the really cool moments for me was, I, I believe it was in Helen, it might, may not have been, I can't remember, but uh, it was a scientist uh, that came and spoke to us, and she, uh, I got to ask her a little bit about what she would, she would encourage me to do with, I have a my seven-year-old super into science and she says she wants to be a scientist and she gave some really great suggestions on ways that we can continue to encourage that in her so that she could pursue that in a you know fairly male-dominated profession thanks Matt. yeah thank you my name is sarah urbanic and i'm from red lodge montana hi sarah welcome to the podcast thank you so fun to have you here. Great to be here. It's been wonderful having you in this program this year. Why did you say yes to being here? I have wanted to be a part of this program for a really long time. And a beautiful woman who believes in me uh, supported me in becoming a part of Leadership Montana. And I applied and was accepted. And it's just been a dream come true. Is that beautiful woman Joanne? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. She is a remarkable human. Yes. And a really important person for Leadership Montana's history, from our class of 2008 to our most recent Indigenous program, and someone who's really been a part of our fabric for a long, long time. She's amazing. She really is. She builds people up and supports them in their growth and their development and loves to see them blossom. You're tearing up as you're talking about her. What's coming up for you? I met Joanne when I moved to Red Lodge about 16 years ago, and I was working in the early childhood field, and we were one of her grantees, and she saw that I had a little bit of expertise in the field, and she immediately started drawing me into her circle and had me come talk at some conferences and some funders groups, and um, I left nonprofit work for a little while and with the idea that I would not ever work in that world again unless Joanne asked me to work for her. Mm. And she did. Mm. And it felt like a dream, and it is. A dream come true. Oh, that's wonderful. 
We are referring to Joanne Eater, OPWE Edwards Foundation, of which you are the executive director, and you've been there 18 months? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that journey been like for you, especially being in a program like Leadership Montana for the last eight months? You've really kind of had a, this introduction to our state, uh, or reintroduction to many communities in our state while you're growing your um, expertise in this new role. Yes, it's, it's been a fantastic experience. So not only getting to learn uh, what it means to be a part of a family foundation and help them run their philanthropic um, work and the, their business and um, getting to know the people that they have had relationships with for a long time in the early childhood and family support system and also in Indian country. Um, but then to, to get to get out there in the state and see all those grantees, but then also through Leadership Montana get to see other parts of the state that I would have never seen before and industries that make this state work mm -hmm. that you hear about, you see about, but also ones that you don't. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, been, it's been fantastic to just be... So when I was first wanting to be a part of working with kids and families, I was in high school and I had been babysitting for a long time. And I said, I want to work with kids because they're like sponges and they soak up everything around them and they just are eager to learn and eager to grow. And I feel like I have been a sponge this year mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've had this beautiful opportunity through work and through Leadership Montana to just soak it all up mm -hmm. and to have the support to do that by genuine people like you and the team at Leadership Montana and Joanne and my board. Um, to not worry about making mistake mm -hmm. or learning in public um, and especially the native community um, embracing me and helping me learn things that I uh, was ashamed that I didn't know yeah so let's talk about that indigenous lens and the the foundation is a significant funder of a lot of programs that support indigenous Montanans including Leadership Montana's Indigenous Immersion Initiative which is new this year. I'm curious what you have seen that has maybe surprised you uh, over this last year. Well especially today Chantel we were out at Rocky Boy and one of the gentlemen speaking to us talked about trust land and how the land belongs to the federal government and that they are allowed to use it. And I imagine what that must feel like to want to put down roots for your family and for your culture, to want to invest in a home, but to never have the right or ability to own the land that is your mother earth, that is your religion, that is your belief structure, um, just, just the building that you live in. And I'm really grappling with that. And when we talk about housing being an issue and when we talk about wanting to grow businesses and industry for the native communities on their own land, I can kind of understand why they struggle with it too because they really will only ever own what is on top of it mm -hmm. until something changes mm -hmm. and that's hard. That is hard. I think one of the most impactful things that I've experienced in this role over the last 10 years is watching 
non-Indigenous Montanans visit tribal nations, maybe for the first time ever, and seeing the vast difference between our ways of governing, our ways of society, our ways of being, but also seeing how much we have in common. Those, those differences are not necessarily as far apart as we think that they are. And that was really, for me, a, a motivation and a passion for designing and starting our Indigenous Immersion Initiative. You know, what could happen if we take uh, if we take a cohort of Leadership Montana alumni into tribal nations for an immersive program for multiple days, not just half a day, but multiple days. And I'm curious what you think could happen from this sort of deeper exploration of our cultures beyond what we know. We don't know what we don't know until we know, oh, we didn't know that. <laughs> and so getting to spend some time in a place where we're learning for the first time um, and then really getting to spend some time thinking about it and sitting with it, which is one of the things that I've talked about with my Leadership Montana experiences, having the time between each session to really absorb what it was that I just learned. But with the Indigenous Immersion Program, being able to go out for longer periods of time to live and breathe and smell and feel the surroundings, the land, the community, the lifestyle, and then taking time between visits to absorb that and learn what it means to me and how it affects me. And really it's just adding voices to the conversation I think is what we're gonna have to do to be able to stand up and say that we deserve the right to be able to put a home on a piece of land that belongs to us no matter what the color of our skin is or what our heritage is. Because as people say, we are all from a tribe. We're all indigenous to somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I wanna be able to have that opportunity someday mm -hmm. to be able to have a piece of land that I can call my own mm -hmm. and put a home on it. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all just gonna have to add our voices to that to make that change and be heard. Mm. I love what you said, adding voices. That's exactly what we need to do and I hope people find the courage to do through work like this uh, to be able to add those voices to things that matter. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your Leadership Montana experience? I want to start all over again <laughs> <laughs> because um, it's just it takes practice mm -hmm. it and it takes time and I can't believe this year is wrapping up for us and I want to start all over because I have so many more questions mm -hmm. and so many more things that I want to explore and as I've talked to you and Anna and the team about it it's like well that's what it's for mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to just keep on learning you need to keep on asking those and so I have a list of places I want to go things I want to see and I'm not as afraid I think now to um, go into a community or prepare to go into a community and say, hey, could I come and have a tour? What time would be a good time for me and my family to maybe see your foundry or your yeah. guitar factory or mm -hmm. um, to come eat at your restaurant? And um, knowing that this is a big, loving, welcoming state. And today I asked them on Rocky Boy, like, can we come through? Like, is this a place I could drive through and stop and 
get a gallon of gas or buy a drink or you know is is that what you want from us is that okay and the overwhelming answer of yes please and that's true for all the reservations across the state and that makes me feel more at home Mm. in the state thank you sarah Thanks to Chantel Schieffer and various members of the Leadership Montana class of 2023 for that fantastic conversation. And of course, thanks to you for listening in. If you've enjoyed today's show and want to support Listen First Montana, please tell a friend about the show or post your favorite episode on social media. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you soon with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana.